This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. We have the last few shurim we have outlined what Torah is. And like we've said a few times, before we prove anything, we also want to know what it is that we're proving before we actually go to prove something and try to sort of give it some buttress from history, reason, etc. So now we're going to go back and we're going to ask ourselves uh, how do we know the Torah is true, the um, written Torah, Torah Shavuqsav and Torah Shavuqsav, and we also will have to deal with some problems with it. Um, it's, it there, there are two halves. One half is how does one establish the emiss of it? Then the question is, we also, there are problems and issues with it. Um, the two major types of problems would be the following. One is if there are historical contradictions. So obviously, um, it's and then we've got to deal with that. Or if there are factual things, which we can call science, but things that the Torah says one way and science has it another way, that would be also a problem that we have to deal with. So we're going to start with Torah Shavik and we're going to try to understand what are the fundamentals of belief in it. Um, as we're doing that, or before we're doing that, let's kind of toss in another question, which is, besides dealing with the truth of Torah and so on, we need to ask ourselves, there are many, many religions around. Um, they all have holy, holy texts with billions of believers. Um, you know, uh, it, it is a little bit um, strange to think that we're the only ones who got the truth when everybody is has their truth. And they, the Christians have the New Testament, one billion strong. The Muslims have the Koran, one billion strong. Um, the uh, Hindus put them down at 800 million, have the Vedas, and they have the Baghdad Vita, and they have their works, and the, the Buddhists have their works, and the Taoists and Shintoists, etc., etc., etc. Mormons have their holy work, and everything, so how does one distinguish? Is it just that everybody believes in their thing, and we believe that we're right, and so we believe they're wrong? Is there an objective way where we can put down a line and say the difference between this and something else? So let's, the first thing I want to put down is, I, I want to put down some general guidelines. The Kuzari is the one that most prominently um, establishes one of them, and I want to flesh it out, because the, the problem is with these arguments, when they're given in a line or two, they don't do justice to it, but in, in terms of um, having a, um, getting a sense of the argument, would be very, very helpful. Um, there are many things that people believe in that if you ask yourself, what do you believe, what do you believe, if we say a million people believe in this, um, we need to focus on what it is that we believe. For instance, let's take uh, a safer that um, is published. We have it. And it's called Shibchei Abesht. It's a wonderful, wonderful story of Rav Shem Tov, 
all sorts of extraordinarily great stories about Baal Shem Tov, usually hitching a wagon on Matzah Shabbos and taking his Talmudim to exotic places and doing all sorts of wondrous, wonderful, miraculous things. If you will pull from people, um, you will get uh, you will get plenty of Litvaks that laugh at it, and you get many, many Hasidim, and I would put down, let's say, 100,000 Hasidim that firmly believe that a big part of it is Emes. Do we have 100,000 people proving this, the, the events there? No. You have many religions. Uh, the Mormons have drawn uh, thousands of hundreds of thousands of people, up. It's, it's become a large religion, I think they, they number the millions. Basically, if we, did, if we did just restate what they're saying, let's go back to the Shifra Vashem, something that's easier. There are a hundred thousand people that trust that the person who wrote these stories heard them from people who are absolutely reliable. In other words, we only have one witness to these stories, at Lashitas some. Lashitas these people, we have one witness, and many people who find it credible. Um, most of the things we do in life actually are like that. Um, we don't, we have many, many people hold of a certain doctor. It's, it's that they all somehow funnel down to feeling this person knows what he's talking about. These type of events, people are credible. And history is full with people who had the charisma, um, they had the ability to um, be mashpi on people, um, and they may have been a very emissive people. So, the Moshashapsit Tzvi was a madman who had tremendous cohorts of Ashpah. He was an extraordinarily charismatic personality. Um, he, the story that he, that, that, that I've written about him, this, it seemed to indicate sort of a bipolar personality, and very, very charismatic, very bright. He managed to be mashpi on a lot of people. Those people believed so firmly that their convictions spread throughout Europe, and um, they basically led a huge group of people over the cliff. Lehavdil, you have somebody like the Baal Shem Tov, um, who we don't know much about, was obviously a tremendous mashpia, was mashpia on people um, who were, some of them known to be giants. They created a movement of people that have be, brought them much closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So the phenomena of a person swaying a group of people to an emiss is um, is definitely a phenomenon that exists. No matter it, it's it, and some of those people are credible, and some of those people just have these terrible calls. Rashbaugh, Hitler Machshemoy was a tremendously charismatic personality, and um, moved the whole world into Gehenna. That it's um, that exists. And, and the, the fact that many people chose to believe this person, history, history has given us a clear indication that that is a very poor indication whether the person has found the truth or not. So any time we have a mass of people confirming one person's testimony, 
um, we are terribly, terribly, terribly weary of um, the truth of it. It may be, like the Balshemto, people saw Ketusha and so on, Gedolim are recognized by the fact that many people feel intuitively that, they, that these are people that deserve tremendous credibility. And, you know, m- m- all our Gedolim have been, you know, that's how we've, I don't know what select it is, but people have felt is 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 Kaddishu and Teras is Emes and that has given us the Bonagoyan and has given us the Biskarov and has given us the Chavetz Chaim where people the, the intuitive power of evaluating truthfulness has got us right but it has created tremendous Chobanis as well because the Kaddish Baruch gave that gift to many other people so when we come along and we say Rabbi say this is um, I am telling you what has happened here, there, or anywhere else, and people follow me, at the end of the day, that is not a terrible indication of truth. Secondly, let's say I come along and I tell you, Rabbi Isai, in the mountains of Albania, people walk on their hands. So, I think you won't believe me, but if I'm good enough, the problem is today with the, with the internet, you just you, you you can you can take Google Earth and take a look in Albania. I don't know if they have a Google Earth there or not, but today it's getting hard to do it. But people would tell um, you know you, you have Marco Polo's travels and some of the things he says about China, India are absolutely off the wall. Um, but if it's very far away, again, would depend on this person's uh, on this person's testimony. The fact that it's not something that is in my world allows me to believe that it's possibly true. And therefore, a person could come to uh, America, a person could get up and say, on Mars or on the galaxy of Sirius, there there are um, beings and they're extraordinary beings and they they zap and they beam and they, they dance and whatever they do. And I could convince people. But, um, so, so somebody gets up to a room of 100,000 people and says, Rabbi Isai, um, I have had a vision. The God himself came to me in all his glory and told me X, Y, and Z. Um, I might be able to swing it. You know, it needs a lot of, uh, of, of that charisma and, and uh, you know, the ability to hype stuff and so on. But it's doable. I can get up and speak about extraterrestrial beings. All the cults that we have, always talk about, you know, they're always dealing with extraterrestrial beings. I, I don't find it, I, I can't say no. When someone comes along to me and says he had extrasensory powers and he's just beamed himself to a distant star and so on and so forth, I, I can't say no. Um, I can say um, statistic credibility based on my, um, on my uh, experiences is that it's marginal, but the word, I cannot say the word no. Well, let's say somebody gets up to a room of 100,000 people and says, Rabbi Isai, you all remember that 10 years ago we all witnessed the angel Gabriel coming and speaking to us. Um, people will never go for it. It, 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 it. You might get one sick person to go with you, but to tell people that this is what they have thought and imagined and felt when it never happened is going to be a very difficult, if not impossible, feat. 
So, um, to go and to tell people an event that happened to one person is all on the person's power and charisma. There's an extraordinary Joshua Saran who says, why, how could it be that Moshe Rabbeinu was a Kavad pair? Moshe Rabbeinu is supposed to be a Navi. He is the Navi. A Navi is supposed to bring God's word to, to people. A Navi needs many attributes. He, he, he has to be Balkoime, he has to be a Gibor, he has to be Asher, and so on. And he said, so obviously the most important thing for a Navi is to be able to speak well. He's, he's, he's telling Hachbaba's message. And if he mumbles and, 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 and he stutters and he can't talk, how do you prove it's a Navi like that? And the Ram says, that was meant to eliminate the tiny afterwards that it was Moshe Rabbeinu's rhetoric that did it. Um, Moshe Rabbeinu was a lousy speaker, and the reason why it worked was simply because he spoke. The only religion, because he spoke the truth, the only religion that bases itself on historical collective memory of everybody. So someone had to get up and say, Rabbi Sai, we all of our parents and grandparents were at Maimon Harsinai, and Akadish Baruch Hu came, and everyone heard it. All everybody's parents and grandparents. Hello, what you mean we all heard it? Um, what, what are you talking about? I mean, my my parents weren't you know, would never told anything about it. His parents are talking about it. Where are you coming from? I mean, like, my, uh, hello. The the, 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 the the person came along and said, so somebody, imagine somebody comes along um, at some point in Jewish history, and he says, Rabbi Isai, I had a revelation, God came to me and he gave me a Torah, and this is God's word, this is true, and so on and so forth. And people would be swayed with it. They were. Jesus did it. Uh, Muhammad did it. But somebody comes along and says, Rabbi Isai, and um, we all know that all of our parents and grandparents, forefathers, had this most incredible event that they've been telling their children for every generation afterwards. What the heck are you talking about? Um, that's, that, it, it, it's the only religion that claims, forget about um, substantially, but claims to, that it's something that had been witnessed, events of Mitzrayim and, and Matan Torah that were witnessed by every single person Without fail, yes, and somebody trying, really saying that somebody trying to do that 500 years later would not fly. Would not fly because what he's saying is we he have to create a history why we all forgot about it. We he'd have to have a book saying and then the terrible evil Satan came and made us all forget about this and that. Now that there, there is no nothing like it. So where would it fly? There are two or three more factors. So so, so Christianity is one person who claimed to have this supernatural self, a handful of people that claimed to, to have known the person and witnessed these events, um, even the rising of the dead is, 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 is built on an empty grave and one person did see him, one person didn't see him. You're talking about experiences of one person, which many people chose to believe because it obviously had a Kohen Shicha. The same thing with Mohammed. It was, it was something which is a, um, it was an event all witnessed by one person. These are events and revelations that people chose to believe him, but nothing in the nature of a collective recollection of any sort. Two, um, the, the, uh, the, 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 when people write works that are biographical in nature, 
historical nature, um, there's a hero. And the hero is the hero. Um, Yoshka is the hero. Well, we, forget it, let's, let's forget it. Nobody writes a biography saying how bad he was. You always excuse yourself. You're always the hero of your biography. Even if you did bad things, you're a hero because you struggled against it and you knew better. And especially religious, religious um, histories are built around a hero, a superhero, and one suspects that he might be the author of it. So whether it was Smith or it was um, Muhammad or whatever it is, um, they, they're all a heroic person. And that's it. No mistakes, just pure goodness, and that's it. If you um, read the Torah, who's the author? No one person is the hero. Moshe Rabbeinu is the great Moshe Rabbeinu. Yan Le'emantem be like Vishaini. You did not believe, I mean, it's a terrible words. Abbas Khan and I begged again to answer the Torah, and said, no, you've messed it up. Moshe is a flawed person. Um, he's a kvad pen. He's a ralf Um A kodesh baruch who was vayicha af. Moshe Rabbeinu is a great person, but um, he's not. He's not. Um, he's, he's, he's not without flaw. And um, also, the greatness of Moshe is not described. The no psukim saying about how wonderful, wonderful Moshe is. It says he was an of mikoladam, the most humble of men. And it says that he was Chol uh, Beisi Neman. Those are the those are the descriptions of Moshe. It's certainly not an unqualified work of the great Moses. David Amelach. David Amelach is a is a person with Chatoim. Whether you, whether you, you we have Torah Balpan tells us that the Chet was a Dakus of Dakus of Dakus, but the but the Torah castigates it in no uncertain terms, and the Torah says you cannot realize your life's dream. Shlomo was, was, was a flopper. There's not a single person in Tanakh, except for, you know, Yisha and Amram. Great. Yisha and Amram don't have any various listed against them, uh, and Binyamin doesn't have any various listed against them. Hard to believe that anybody, that Yisha and Binyamin w- w- gave themselves the most minor roles, uh, like you know, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern in, in Hamlet. Uh, you know, no, no, no role, and, and they're the heroes. So it certainly is not a work about a hero, uh, and uh, anything like it. That's two. Three, um, it is a historical work in, in, as opposed to talking about the angels. And Kuzi makes this point as well. Um, you know, when you write a book about angels, um, it is hard to refute it. The Torah leaves itself open. The Kuzi writes, why does the Torah list well, all those names, Amrufel, Tachpanches, and uh, how many people, and Alufim, and everything else. So the Kuzari says, when you want to lie, stick to generalities. Everybody, if you've ever seen a shrewd politician or defendant being cross-examined, the cloud goddel is stick to generalities and leave details out. They will nail you on the details. I sort of remember there was some sort of meeting, but I can't pin it down. That, that, that's the best, because that way, if they prove there was a meeting, you admitted to it, but you're not going to admit anything more than that. Um, the, 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 the devil lies always in the details. So the Torah writes an endless amount of details, names, places, um, uh, uh, people, um, everything like it, numbers, which means that if you want to, you, if there were theorists, you could find the theorists.
So we have three elements that have set it aside. The fact that, the, and because you have one and three are, are, are the points that he makes. One is that it, no one claims to have had a collective experience, which means that if somebody would have come along and said, Rabbi Isai, all of our grandparents and great-grandparents and witnessed that, they would say, hello. Secondly, there are no heroes in the book. It is not something that you could say, oh, Moshe Rabbeinu wrote it. Ezra Sofer wrote it. Well, there's not, Ezra Sofer, you know, is, 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 is a great guy, but it's hard to, 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 to say that the Torah is a personality cult around Ezra Sofer. And um, David Melech, no great figure is unflawed. The, um, and the names and dates and places and so on. Another element. The Torah imposes very, very specific laws in a lot of um, in in a lot of details. The muscle. Somebody comes along and says, like Yashka, and says this place is corrupt. Get the money lenders out of here. The money changers out of here. Man should be good and kind and so on and so forth you will get a rousing ovation. Um, I've yet to hear somebody stand up and say, well, actually I believe people should be vindictive, mean, and uh, nasty. I, I, it's, it's, it's very, very hard to believe that that's in any, that anyone would disagree with it. But when somebody says, well, being kind means to take 10% of your earnings and give it to poor people, that separates the men from the boys. So imagine somebody comes along and he says, Rabbi Sai, God's revealed himself and, uh, you know, and he sent a message to us. And uh, goodness and kindness and wonderfulness and so on and so forth. So you can sweep up a lot of audience. People have done it without God. It, it's doable. But if someone comes along one day and says, Okay, God's come to me. And he said, Shabbos, Yantiv, Shemitah, a year not to grow anything. I, I mean, I, I just want to try to explain what that means. You're talking about a society that lives off the land. And you, there was no bakeries, and there were no uh, warehouses, no storehouses. You know, basically for two, three years, not to plow, not to sow, and so on and so forth. All of that, and God sent me to tell you that this is what you got to keep. A guy would come up in the middle. Very hard to believe that people would accept him. So, so, so the, the, um, the, the, the fact that it was accepted. And the fifth point which is, I think, a very important point, and let's, and, and, yes. Can I ask a question yes. about that other point? I mean, from the perspective of people who have power, who own yes. land, and who benefit from owning the land and being able to do what they want with it, they wouldn't want to accept that. Right. But from what would probably be the majority of people who aren't so privileged, they'd be very happy to attach on to that kind of a, that kind of the word of God. Um, there are many movements I well, mean, we've seen Iran well, today where... Well, but, but Shemitah is just nobody growing anything. You have to understand something. If no one grows anything, there's no work for the poor guy. But he gets to come into other people's field and eat. Yeah, yeah but, 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 but when you don't tend the field, the crops are a fraction of what they are. Yes, you can go in and take some... App, but if you noticed in Israel, when they give out food during the Shemitah year for free, um, the stuff is real trash. <laughs> so, but it, it, you know, we don't realize it. Things just don't grow if you don't weed, harvest, prune, and so on. The stuff is really garbage. Mm -hmm. It's it's a 
Um, okay, um, there's one more point, and I think it's important to, to remember it because it's a, um, it's a very, very significant uh, nekuda. Jews are contentious people. Um, <laughs> if anyone denies the validity of that, he obviously has, is not a member of a shul, and uh, he probably doesn't even in a shul. That Jews, by nature, are not believing people, uh, not easily swayed people. Rabbi Noah Weinberg used to say that when he gives these opening classes, and you know they, they would have these programs for people off the street that just uh, have in, and you had no uh, sifting of who's what. He could immediately tell the Jews apart from the Goyim. He had two ways. One of them, we will speak some other time. But one way was the Goyim agree with everything he has to say, and the Jews argue with everything. Jews, by nature, contentious people, and it, the Chumash and Tanakh are filled with it. Let's go to Pasha Shavua, actually. Pasha's Korach. Moshe Rabbeinu gets up there. Uh, Korach gets up, and he says, Moshe, Yeronikla Yisrael, like it would be a personal shtibel. Nepotism is right. Um, if anybody should have been, should have been a, 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 a Kohen or a Levi, um, if anybody should be called Godel, if anybody should be um, any type of thing, it's me. I'm the from the oldest son, and I'm Chashev, and like, and so on and so forth. And you're running a uh, People got up and said, Moshe, you're leading us to nowhere. Moshe, you're taking us to a trip to H E L L, um, you you know, and so on and so forth. It was contentious from beginning to the end. Why didn't Korach get up and say, Moshe, this whole story that you've been peddling has been a lousy story. I mean, what kind of, what kind of stories about Akash Baruch Hu speaking? The only thing he said was, now. I also was at Sinai, he said. I'm, I'm as good as you because we all were at Sinai. It's just that you've now perverted it. You've taken it the wrong direction. That's what Korach gets up and says. And the Chumash makes no bones about it. Nitna Rosh Saima, no problem. Um, you know the 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 Lonu, uh, not no problem. Uh, you had um, the Shoftim constantly. Kol Yisrael were not an easy people, and nobody nobody mentions and says no one got up and said you know this whole thing's a fib. The Karaites that stuk him. Um, they they were, they they had problems with with Torah Shabbat Peh. They didn't have problems with Torah Shukzav. They never said this whole thing is hokey and it's full of uh, full of it. Nobody in, in in the Bible, and it's not as if the Bible hides anything. I mean, they they, they made a very nasty personal accusation against Moshe Rabbeinu, and, and there's a whole passage in Torah of Korach. And you know, nobody claims to, to to have denied that. Um, it's very hard to imagine knowing the temperament of the Jewish people from Korach told today in our shul um, that somebody could get up, sell a bill of goods, and no opposition, no history. We have a history of every opposition. We have Shabbat and we have, I mean, Rabbi Yaakov Emdin and 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 the Rabbi it, it it went across Europe with with most vituperists, Nagdesen, and Pluses, and nobody questioned it. Why don't somebody just got up and say, Moshe, this whole thing was a, was a, was a put on, you know, it was magic, and that was it. So, so, so the get, getting, I, I mean, I could see some people believe, some people not believe. 
uh, you know, some people think Sifre Bar Shem Tov is Teres Emes. Some people think it's 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 all you know it's, it's, it's some some uh, cynical writer. But nobody, n- none of the, the players that we have recorded at all had that time. So we have many ways in which to put it in place. And um, so so by and large, a we have we have these types. B, the Torah is radically different than the other relig- quote unquote religious documents. I, and for instance, the first one that that is uh, the first thing that Torah is seen as is like part of general mythology. Every you know if, if you read any introduction to to um, Torah, you well you know there was Greek mythology, Roman mythology, Norse mythology. Um, Mesopotamian mythology, and we have bits and pieces. We have long epics, and we have bits and pieces of all mythologies. So Torah is another one of mythologies to explain the world and so on and so forth. That statement is an extraordinarily cynical statement because all mythologies are the same. Um, they, they, they come in a, in a very similar genre, which shows a human inclination towards mythologies, and we'll explain. Mythologies deal with God in an other world. There's, there's, there's the Olympus, there's, there's, there's the Valhalla, there, there, there is a world of gods. Um, the gods have very human-like qualities in terms of their personality. They're greedy, uh, full of taiva, um, jealous, etc., etc., there, there are many stories about them in no particular rhyme or reason, and um, th- they affect the earth in some sort of way of, you know, by banging this, this ocean shook, and so on and so forth. Mythology is totally divorced from any history. It's a kind of, it interacts with sort of cosmology, but it has nothing to do with any real history, no identifiable people, anything like that. The stories are fantastic stories. You know, there's nothing in the stories that relates to anything that we have. Winged creatures and half-men and, uh, you know, not, not, nothing of that nature. They're, they have no rhyme or reason. It's not a structured text that says, this is the beginning, this is where we're going with it, and this is where it's going to. It's, it's a hodgepodge of stories. They weren't, there's no author, there's no internal author. In words, it doesn't say, I, the author, so and so, sat down to describe all the gods and all the truth that I am. I mean, there's an author, Homer is an author of a, of, 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 of a long, long um, epic, but it's, it's, it's not, it, it, he's not, he's not the author in any real sense of the word of it. Um, and the most important, they are not moral teachings in any sense of the word. Um, the, the, the morality is not defined in any part of it. They have value. So what they do prove is as follows. What they are, what mythology is, people enjoy stories, just like when um, I remember our teacher would read to us Grimm's fairy tales. This was part of our schooling. She would, you know, every so often she'd say, okay, children, sit down, you know, clasp your hands. And she would read from Grimm's fairy tales. I don't know why it was considered to be an important part of education, but it was. And kids like stories. It's, it's sort of entertaining. On the long, cold nights, if you've drunk your share of ale, you needed stories. So stories are entertaining. The stories being fantastic were entertaining. Being a little um, 
kind of uh, off color this was also very helpful um, it, 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 it was projections of people's own passions cravings rages jealousies people enacted that they also have some value because being that they were projections of people's um, what they did not say about themselves they put into characters they are projections of psychology and that's why psychology is rife with allusions to mythology because at the end of the day um, they're expressions of people's baser uh, desires so um, whether it's Oedipus or whatever it is they were used and, and you know and, and they can be used as Mishalem uh, wrong right but anyway that's the only it's got zilch in common with the Torah even the so-called Gilgamesh epic and, and, and the Babylonian, the Mesopotamian um, it, 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 uh, mythologies, they, they're not, they are not in any sense, they have zilch encounter except some similarities, which we'll talk about in terms of some of the stories. Flood stories common to all of them, and so on. Uh, who took from whom, what took from what, there's, so there's a basic approach that, you know, we took from them. But... Um, the, you know, that's a basic meaning, the, the uh, secular approach. But then, then they don't even begin to become, they're not even a, a they have zilch, in co- it's a, they, they have more in common with a telephone directory than they have with the Torah. It's nothing. The Torah is a very <coughs> historical fact. It is basically historical facts of the world here with divine intervention here and there. It is a extremely structured. It, 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 there's a timeline chronology with HaKadosh Baruch Hu moving the world, the world going in a certain direction and going from point A to point B. It, it has morality. It's the first time where the word morality, there is right and there is wrong. There is good and there is bad. Stealing is wrong. Murder is wrong. Znus um, is wrong. Um, a person needs to do things, activities that bring him closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to remember those mitzvahs, not to go after the craving of the heart. I mean, the, the mythology is all about the craving of the heart. Um, there are some quote-unquote values, such as courage, which is a kind of very primitive value, loyalty. Mm-hmm. Those are very, very primitive and base values woven into the stories. And that's it. To, to compare the two is, is, like, is, like, is, is like taking a, a, um, a witch doctor and a highly trained neurosurgeon and saying, as a rule, we may say they're both part of the medical profession. That's, that's about the similarity that there is. When you deal with um, the Eastern religions, and it's very sweeping to say so, and once again, I must put a caveat in. Um, I have not studied them for great lengths. I've read reviews. I've seen pieces. I, I'm not saying <coughs> actually, but what is clear is as follows. The books associated with Buddha are sayings of Buddha about how ought a person to live and be happy you find a distinct absence both in that and in Hinduism also. we'll talk about Hinduism in a minute but um, it's not mm-hmm. about right and wrong in absolute sense it, it, God is not a, a, it's a different picture it is it's, it's, first of all so there is no revelation of a God God is not telling anything, not sending a message. It is a very smart person giving you advice on how to live in a way that you're going to be very happy. Um, so it basically, it, it would be a psychology text rather than, than a religion text. Um, it, it, it has evolved later with certain rituals and rites, but bottom line, you ask the person, what are you doing? The person says, 
life is wretched because we don't know how to live right life well. Buddha was the brightest and wisest of men. He mm-hmm. understood how to live well. Do it and you'll live well like that. It's not at all like a Torah text in any sense of the word. It's my wisdom, it's his wisdom, it's else's wisdom. It's, and, and the word right and wrong, I mean, uh, smoking is bad for your health, but you can't call me an evil person if I smoke. I'm a foolish person. But e- I, I'm not going to say you're a bad person if I eat steak and, and I clog up my arteries. I'm not a bad person. I'm, I'm a foolish person. I'm, I'm a given to my desires over my long life, whatever it is. But, but certainly right and wrong doesn't exist. Um, the same thing in Hinduism. Hinduism has tons of texts. Um, most of the texts are, I- I- again, it's a mishmash. Most of the what's called Vedas are chants and rituals. The, 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 the um, narratives in, in, and, and his dialogues about how to live a good life, it, it's, it's, it, there is no connection with the history that we can put into place and correlate it with. It's about um, the right life to lead, the, what appeases the gods, what brings a person to a situation that removes worldly stress from him, and so on and so forth. That seems to be very much part and parcel of that. As far as uh, Christianity and Islam go, they, their texts, there are two basic issues. First of all, um, it's very clear who the hero is. There are no, there are no faults in them. It's very clear who wrote it and how it was written. The Christian texts are, were, print, were published much later than the events. I'm not saying what scholars say because they also text the, the, the Bible, which we'll see about. But it was published later. They are. They deal only with his life, and again, the events that they portray, except for maybe one event, they are the events that are very local, one person, events that that not where God spoke and clearly enunciated this is what I want, but uh, Yeshu healing a person, Yeshu doing this, doing that, the other thing, and so on and so forth. It a very and. It's, it, it, it was, its audience were Gentiles rather than Jews. Yeshua himself um, was, his, his uh, milieu was Jews. He lived in Israel and he was Jewish and his audience when he was alive was Jewish. The audience for the book were Gentiles, um, not in Israel basically. So you were talking about Albania, you were talking about a very far country about a, a, a person who did great things somewhere else and uh, believed in him. Uh, same thing about Islam. Uh, one person had visions, did wonderful, miraculous things, but only he could know about it. And, um, and uh, it, it was not where the collective experience of all the people. There's one more important, important point about Christianity and Islam, but since they're more relevant to us, which I think is very, very important to make. And that is, um, they both affirm the truthfulness of the Torah, Shavik Sab, of ours. Again, we're going to do, we're going to start with their thing. They say there is Torah, Shavik Sab. Yes? Not, I mean, the Muslims say that it was Yishmael who was uh, with Abraham at the Akeda, and they say it was in uh, okay. Saudi Arabia. So, so, so they, uh, well, let's, uh, let's go slowly. The Torah itself tells us that 
Tzoritzov tells us that no Navi can come along and append the Torah. It says that uh, it, it, we have both in Parshas A and in Parshas Shoftim. We have the Parshas of Nevi'im, and we have a... Um, if a person comes along and tells us things that are not... Uh, that are either about Zara or um, tells us not to do the mitzvahs, and any Navi that comes and he tells you the, 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 the um, Torah itself says that even if he comes and he brings an os or a mofes we don't listen to him because HaKadosh Baruch Hu is testing us in other words there is nothing no Navi can come and ever do anything that will approve the Torah. Torah says, well, so see for see If a Navi comes along and says, the mitzvahs of the Torah are no longer valid, then um, we, we simply know him to be Navi Shekhar, despite the fact that he did miracles. Miracles don't prove anything when the person is coming to do Ida Vodazara in Ivan for once, or to, to, to destroy a mitzvah and so on. That's what the Torah says. So if you come along and say, I am a prophet of God, and I have, um, and, and I've come to change the Torah, that is a Nabisheka. You can say the Torah is wrong, but you can't accept both the Torah and. You're no longer a continuation of it. Christianity has an especially difficult issue that um, it's very hard, to, I mean, no, these are things you can debate, but basically they're believing in a corporality of God. There is nothing more open in the Torah Shabbat Ksav. Kilor Isam called Tmuna. There is no physical picture or presentation of anything divine that can be considered to be compatible with Judaism. So I, the Christians dance around that he is God, but he's man, he's man, but he's God. You know, I, I, it's very, very hard to deal with it when, when the person keeps dancing back and forth. But... So Christianity and Islam, if they affirm to the facts and the Torah Shabbat itself, they um, th- then they are um, th- then they are not allowed. They can they Yeshua could have come along and said, "Boy, side, you guys are doing terrible things. Do tshuva, go back, and so on and so forth." That was allowable under the Torah. He may be an Abishak, maybe an Abemis. But the minute, if, if you're, if whatever you're saying is canceling the mitzvahs, the Torah itself says you can't. The Arabs call, the Muslims call um, the, the Muhammad as the Hatam, the, the Chaisim of all the Nevi'im, and it can't be a prophet after him. In other words, or else, if a Muslim asks you, why don't you believe in Muhammad, you can tell them, I believe in Mormonism. The prophet Smith came afterwards, and he, uh, and he was given divine revelation. And they say, no, it was the Hatam. It's it sealed. They say, no, the Torah was the Hatam. There is, after the Enechal Yisrael, no addition can be made. Yoshua and Shoftim and Melochim and Yeshaya, no Navi can come and add anything to the Torah, and we discount anything that we would see as an addition, and we would brand it as a Navi Sheker. So those cannot be continuous at all. So, so th- that's how we understand ourselves vis-a-vis the other religions, mythology, and etc., and um, you're talking about a whole different work that allows itself. We're going to see 
next time we, we talk, um, what uh, the, the biblical criticism, which is a secular attack on Torah and so on. But right now, the points we have that sort of lead us to confirmation that Torah is, it, it could not have been, you can't, you can bring, you can be mechadish a lie, provided the person himself doesn't feel he needed to experience it. If I'm a very holy man and I have great visions, I make him as a person believe me. If I talk about a faraway land, you may believe me. But if I tell you something about yourself, um, so there may be a sick person or two who would say, yeah, I really you know the people that are really unstable, but, but certainly not to a tzibur. You could not have um, the the the, the um, you you cannot give so many details and leave yourself open for cross examination the way the Torah does. And by and large, we'll see <laughs> next time we meet. Balkarhi and Amin historians have they, they've disagreed with many facts and slowly have come round to it that almost everything in the Torah is true. Um, I will just uh, read one line uh, from, I have here the Encyclopedia Britannica article about biblical literature. It's a whopping 270 pages, but um, if I would like, I, I will not go through with it, because <laughs> a vast majority is not so uh, great, um, but let me uh, just read one line here that I think is very compelling and here it is archaeological criticism has tended to substantiate the reliability of the typical historical details of even the oldest periods and to discount the theory that the Pentateuchal accounts are merely reflects a much later period. Um, that's a pretty, pretty powerful statement. Not from, this is not coming from Sitkis. I mean, it, it is anything that this whole article is treating it very secularly. Um, and, you know, and uh, it, it's the people writing up the different books are writing it as if the literature. But here you have the statement that the history of it has been confirmed. The leaving itself wide open to history, historical criticism, has been effective. Um, the, um, the, the fact that Kaisal is very critical people and very hard to get anything, to, to, to very hard to get anything to everybody agree on and total silence to it. No name of a hero. Who is this great person who, who had such co-op in Mashpia, created a textbook that became a bestseller, and leave himself anonymous? It wasn't anybody in the Torah. It wasn't David. It wasn't Moshe. Um, it wasn't Ezra Sofa. They, 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 um, and who is this great, magnificent personality that no one knows? Um, and the fact that it came in one shot with a heavy bundle of mitzvahs. Those are all strong points. It dis differs greatly from other quote-unquote, uh, religious literature. Mythology is a very separate genre. There is a lot in common of all different mythologies that have not, and they have nothing in common with Torah. Um, you know, yes, there, there's a flood story, and there's a flood story. Maybe there was a flood. You know, that's interesting. Um, it's, it's Eastern religions, the holy texts of Eastern religions are wisdoms of very wise people. They're not revelations from God. And 
Christianity and Islam um, are built around the experiences of one person, um, believed by followers, many, but basically it's experience of one person. In case of Christianity, someone lived far away from the place where it was disseminated. Um, and also, it is internally a contradiction to the Old Testament. You, it cannot be compatible with it. You either have to destroy, which the Muslims said that the Jews fought parts of it, or Christianity, which said God abrogated it, God said he won't abrogate it. Um, he, he, the, the, and uh, certainly not the laws and so on and so forth. So those, that is basically a picture of where we stand in terms of itself, vis-a-vis the other ones. Next time I want to speak a little about archaeology and history and biblical criticism, and then I want to go on to Torah Shabalpeh, its validity, and so on. I also, this is the place also to speak about the, the um, so-called um, the factual issues with, with Torah Shabbat, which would be a sort of evolution and, and etc. That's a place now to deal with it in terms of a factual contradiction rather than historical contradictions, and, and that those are the next uh, few sure we want to deal with. Okay.